Hello, hello. Welcome back, Leading Women in Tech. How is your December going? We are well and truly in the home run for the year end. I have some exciting plans for the rest of the year. I hope you do too. I've actually started really digging into my planning for Q1 next year as well. So I plan quite a long way ahead and I have got some juicy stuff coming your way in Q1. So uh, just I'm getting excited about Q1 and I haven't even really celebrated Christmas yet. I would love to know why you are excited right now. So head on over to LinkedIn, drop me a DM and let me know. But today, I want to get straight in to our interview with the amazing Sushma Nalapita. Sushma is actually one of my clients, but more than that, she is an extraordinary technology leader. And today, we're discussing all the things that have helped her get to where she is right now, and also what it means to be a mother and a technology leader, something I haven't talked about very much on this show before, but I think is so incredibly important for us to acknowledge that many of us are experiencing this tension between personal life and having a family and wanting to be that amazing leader in tech. So that's what Sushma and I are digging into today. So get ready to be excited. But let's start with a bit of an intro on Sushma. Sushma is a technology leader and an executive passionate about building highly performant and vastly scalable engineering systems with over a decade of experience. She is currently VP and Head of Engineering at Apartment List, which is a startup based out of California. And she's a mum to a six-year-old daughter, who I have to say is the most amazingly wonderful little girl. She sometimes makes a guest appearance on our coaching sessions. (laughs) Sujma is excited about building a culture where people are constantly learning and growing. Speaks to my heart implementing and scaling agile processes across remote teams and all levels of the organization. She is also passionate about diversity and inclusion. She works with me, so it's kind of a given, right? <laughs> you people are my people. If you love ED and I, like you are my people. And her motto is make a lot of decisions since it enables you to think, learn and grow faster. What a great motto. So without further ado, let's get Sushma on the show. You're listening to the Leading Woman in Tech podcast, where we talk about real leadership and what this means for the world of tech, the techniques, tips, and strategies you can use to become a standout leader. I'm your host, Tony Collis, tech leadership coach, strategist, and coffee lover. And in each episode, I share my best insights designed to make your success not just simple, but inevitable. Whether you're on the way to the C-suite, an emerging leader, or a budding entrepreneur, this is the podcast you need to become a lit-up leader and turn your tech passion into a career you love. Welcome to the show, Sushma. It's great to have you here. Super excited to be here, Tony. So good to be here and thanks for having me. Oh, I feel like this episode has been a long time coming. Um, to get us started, can you give us a bit more of your personal story, career history, how you came to work as a vice president of engineering at Department List? Sure. Um, just to briefly introduce myself before I d- dive into my personal story, I'm currently the VP and head of engineering at Department List. Apartment List is a rental marketplace, and we help renters find a home they love. I also head our DEI committee. My love for computer science started at school when I got introduced to DOS games. I used to love playing DOS games, and my some of my favorite ones were Dave <laughs> and Keen. That propelled me to pursue a degree in computer science, and I started my journey as a software engineer back in India. But I kn- knew I wanted to do something more, and... Uh, I applied for my graduate school and came to United States to pursue my master's. 
uh, in computer science with specialization in AI and ML back then, which was very rudimentary. After I graduated, I joined a small company called Object Edge and worked on building a software for e-commerce, banking industries, and helping various clients. That was an extremely fulfilling experience. And because it was so early in my career, I got to expand my depth and breadth across the board. As part of that experience, I realized that I won't be satisfied until like, I actually am a leader at the intersection of business and technology and continue my journey in that same vein as a manager. Back then, management was not a dual career path and at a small company, management opportunities are also rare. So I decided to find something that helps me pursue my goals. And I got a management opportunity at Kodak Gallery which was also a startup and an e-commerce company selling photo products, which was owned by Eastman Kodak, the camera company. I was there for about a year as the company went through an adversity because the parent company Kodak filed for bankruptcy and we didn't know what would happen to our company if we would be sold off, if we would become independent. What was critical at that point was I had to balance motivating my team because I didn't want them to quit if the company survives versus maintaining transparency because I wanted to look out for them, being their manager if they were to lose jobs. And that balancing at such an early stage in my career, in my first job as a manager, taught me a lot of management lessons just in that one year. Um, So that was uh, extremely fulfilling. Then from there, I joined a company called Blackhawk Network, which was in payments, gift cards, fintech industry. I joined them before the IPO, got to be part of the tremendous growth that the company went through after IPO. While I was there, we acquired over six companies and I really enjoyed the experience of integrating those companies and systems into ours. I was there for about four and a half years, managed a team of about Uh, 50 or more engineers and several managers reporting to me. At the back of my mind, though, I knew I could do more and was hungry for more. At that time, I got an opportunity to join Zoosk, an online dating company, and uh, got to head our product engineering teams. I joined Zoosk as a senior director reporting into the SVP, and uh, within eight months, he left, and I was asked to head up all of engineering and be part of the executive team. I learned a lot during that time, but It was short-lived as the company got sold. I left just before that. Uh, That brought me to apartment list as the VP of engineering. And I'm super fortunate to be a part of company and its amazing people and culture. That's quite an extraordinary story. Actually, I didn't know a lot of that background. Um, That's fascinating. In particular, the fact that you've worked in companies that have gone through IPO, I know that you've acquired companies in your role, like you've worked on uh, acquisitions. I hadn't realized you'd worked in a company where you were actually six acquisitions in one company and did all the, you know, heading up the integration piece as well, which I think most of us are, we love to do that kind of thing at some point in our career. Most most of us never get to experience that. So that's an amazing backstory, actually, that I had not appreciated. Um, before we move on, actually, I'd love to know, like, like if early on, you mentioned that you love, you found you love that intersection of business and tech. If early on you could have given yourself some advice about the journey you've now taken, like what would it have been? What do you wish you'd known right at the beginning of your career when you first realized business plus technology, that's extraordinary. What do you wish you'd known? 
yeah, if I can go back to my old self and provide advice, I think one, I would say really understand business really well, like early on, just be curious about what the customers want, what uh, the business users want and be passionate about the business. But also I think the other advice I would give myself is be confident in yourself and believe in yourself. There were times I wish I questioned the status quo when things didn't go my way or I would have deferred to others because of fear of failure. And uh, I would have basically said, be confident. It's okay to follow your gut and not sell yourself short. Ooh. Oh, I love that. I love that. Be, you know, follow your gut. Don't sell yourself short. I wish all of us had heard that a bit more. <laughs> I think we do hear it, but we don't hear it, if you see what I mean. Don't believe it. Um, well, let's stick into the meaty bit of today's discussion. Um, you and I talked previously about losing our identity as women, both as mothers. You are a mother to a beautiful young daughter, an amazingly talented young daughter, but also losing our identity as executives. Can you explain a little bit more about this? Because we've discussed this privately, and I'd like to explain what that means to the listeners. Yeah, uh, I'm a mother to a six-year-old who will turn seven in January. The way parenthood changes you, so does being an executive. When you embrace parenthood, your number one priority and focus is your child, as well as when you become an executive, your number one priority is your company. And as a mother and as an executive, it often feels daunting as you have two areas of focus that are both priorities. And in both these scenarios, I often have lost myself, have had to figure out who I really want to be. There are weeks I have crushed it as a super mom, as a power mom, as well as there are weeks where I have crushed it as a great leader for my team. And there are weeks where I've not been best in both of these areas and felt guilty at times for ignoring the other side. According to me, the root of this identity crisis arises from two simple facts. One, when your role as a person evolves, your expectations of yourself do not. And then that lets you hold yourself to unrealistic standards. I've done that myself. And the reality is that you cannot always strive for maximum efficiency and effectiveness. You have to redefine what success looks like. And then two, feeling like you have to make a choice between motherhood and career. I've been super fortunate to have a strong support system in terms of my husband who supports me, my family, my friends that help me navigate both. But it's not easy. And at times, the system around us does not support having both. So on a daily basis, I have to prioritize and make decisions on several things uh, and key things that I want to focus on each day. Some days I come out to be the best mom a daughter could have. And some days I'm the best leader my team could have. And most days I just survive and hope <laughs> the next day is a better day. I think more of us need to hear that. Most days I just survive. I actually, I think that is an acceptable way for us to exist. And I don't think most of us view it that way because the very nature of the phrase, I just survive, sounds like failure. I don't think it is. I think we set, set such high expectations for ourselves. It's, it's extraordinary. I, I just want to circle back a little bit there about um, redefining success a little bit. Like, what do you, again, like, what do you wish you'd known a few years ago, 10 years ago, even like, what does it mean to be redefining success actually regularly, both as a as a parent and as a leader? Like, what do you have to do? I think, um, one, like, 
I, this is something I struggle with even now, but time management, like, and really figuring out at any given time, your mental space is limited and you can only focus on a few things. And what are those things that you want to focus on? I, I wish I had ruthlessly prioritized more and more at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then also get help as much as possible, like delegate things that which you are like not interested in or it's daily chores and responsibilities where, where you can replace that with spending more time with your child or your family. Um, so I've tried to delegate more now, but I wish I had done more of that at the beginning as well. Mm, I think the more we delegate, the better. And also getting help in, right? There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong. If you are a high-powered executive, get help in at home too. Like, okay, your kid needs you, but in quality time chunks, right? You don't have to be there all the time, every minute. It's about quality time, not quantity time. Exactly. I've realized even during the pandemic, we went through this whole pandemic doing virtual school, not having a nanny. And then I actually realized like for the first time in six years, my daughter finally had a nanny like three, four months ago because I was like, I need somebody. I I cannot do it all by myself. And it has been such a blessing. And I think we just all need to give ourselves permission for that big time. I mean, outsource, outsource the housework, outsource the gardening. I actually, one of the things on my wish list (laughs) is to get a personal assistant for me, for personal stuff, (laughs) returning parcels and things like this, or remembering to buy all the Christmas presents. Like, I just want them to tell me, like, you've got this present coming up, like this person's birthday. And like, oh, yeah, I do. Okay. And then I can have the time to like do it. But it's juggling all those pieces, right? There's so much for us to juggle in life. And if we're high powered executives, like there's not a lot left over and that's okay. But support ourselves, right? Exactly. Just support yourself. Like look out for yourself because uh, you only you know what's best for you. It's also fascinating that you said time management. Uh, I know you and I have talked about time management as I'm your coach, but it's funny you say that because, you know, right now I can be a lot more vulnerable because I'm not your coach today. (laughs) I will admit, although I teach about time management, I coach all of my clients in time management. I struggle with time management myself, even though like it's something I advocate for. My podcast team will tell you I'm terrible at getting my podcast recording to them one time, for example, because I just put it off. What do you wish you'd known on time management? Like what or maybe maybe a better way of approaching this is what do you need to give yourself permission with on time management to always be adjusting and adapting as because one of the problems with time management is what we need to do today is different from what we needed to do a few years ago, or even six months ago, right? Yeah, I think what I would basically tell myself is don't go after perfection like don't be the don't let perfection be the enemy of good because you are going to drop things and you're not going to be able to tackle everything so really focusing on one priority a week is good enough and I think you and I have talked a lot about this and I've tried to really time track and see where my time goes and a lot of times like 75% of it ends up going into tactical discussions, meetings Mm. that are so reactive that come your way. And if you're not prepared and don't allocate time for more proactive thinking and the work that you really want to do, you get swayed away easily into things that just happen automatically around you, whether you want it to happen or not. Um, So really like prioritizing and being able to say no to things that 
actually like you don't need to be involved mm. in. Yes, being able to say no. And I have to just, you know, point out that that whole proactive versus reactive thing, that's a topic of discussion that you and I have spent a lot of time on. And I think I would say every single one of my clients, I talk about the difference between proactive and reactive. And actually, I think it was last week's episode where I talked about three systems we all need as executives. And I talked about the system for that allows us to spend more time being proactive. It's such a game changer as an executive to be proactive. Um, I mean, again, I'm putting you on the spot here, but like, what do you think being proactive does for you in your career versus staying in reactive mode? I think being proactive gives you that thinking time that you really need. Every time I have changed roles, I've gone through this phase where like there's a period of time I'm like uh, thinking through what is my new role? Because everything that I was doing now, I had somebody else take over for me. And I don't know what to do next because my boss is doing some of the other things. So there is this void in between where I'm like, what, what is that gap that I want to fill? And you actually need to take that time to think through it. And then you start seeing the problems around you that you can actually fix. These problems become extremely evident when you're new to a company and you join because you have no biases, like you're just fresh and you're thinking through all of this, you're open-minded but as we have been in company for a while, like you sometimes become immune to problems around you and you have to reset yourself often and giving yourself time to think and being proactive helps you actually focus on long-term strategy, focus on what excites you and doing things that excites you that's beneficial to the company as well. Mm. Let's get back on track a little bit here too. the whole being a mother and also an engineering executive, because otherwise you and I could talk about that sort of stuff all day long. <laughs> As women, we still face a lot of bias in tech, right? A huge amount. So how do you see this playing out um, for you personally? I mean, obviously, you know, I'm not asking you to like call out any particular thing, but how do you see bias today still playing out? And could your career have been different if there wasn't bias, do you think? It is very unfortunate, but there is a disproportionate number of females versus males in the tech industry in general. And I've seen research that has shown that it's almost 75% male. That lack of balance is the foundation for various biases within the industry. In my own experience, I've experienced a few of those. Once when I had just come back from my maternity leave, I was told that while I was ready for a promotion, I needed to wait as it would be too stressful for me to handle if I could exclusively breastfeed my baby for seven months while taking meetings and pumping milk two times at the workplace, additional responsibility would not have been a challenge. But the fact was that I wasn't consulted and it was somebody else who made that decision on my behalf, mm. um, which left a very bad taste in my mouth. Uh, additionally, I've seen unequal pay on several occasions throughout my career, even unfair interview questions about home and family and how I can balance all of them. Oh, the really? biggest <laughs> of, yeah, it's, it's so unfortunate what uh, you get to witness even in this day and age. The biggest of them all was when I was told I will never make a good manager and I challenged my boss that I would not only be a great manager one day, but also an executive. And honestly, I think that goal and that challenge gave me that drive and that Ooh. sense of purpose to continue my journey, to be in a position to challenge these biases and create an environment for psychological safety and fairness for my teams. 
So I, I focus a lot on that. And even as part of the DEI efforts at Apartment List, that's my number one priority. How can we actually make sure that we're being fair as an employer? How can we make sure that we're creating an environment where people feel equity and they feel included? To fix this, company policies have to mature, I think. And we have seen a trend in that. Better maternity policies, better paternity leave policies, slow ramp up time for mothers to get back to work, better and more expanded health coverage. But I think there we need to do more of that. I think it's also coaching that is needed and education and training mm. the people around us. I'm hopeful it will get better. Yeah, I love that you're hopeful. I think we all need to be optimistic. It's very easy to get very pessimistic when you start working in this area. If you start caring about um, diversity, equity and inclusion, it can be incredibly depressing. I've certainly been there at points in my career and thought, why am I even bothering? But I actually do think we've seen change. And actually, an interesting question for you is, do you think COVID's changed things? Do you think, for example, if you'd had a baby during COVID, you'd have had a different experience to nearly seven years ago? I believe so. I think COVID has helped in some ways. Um, I think the ways it has helped is you're no longer worried about like taking some time if you need to for other things. Like I actually have slots in my entire day where I'm like, go spend 10 minutes with my daughter to help her out with some homework. Like 12 to 1, I've blocked off for lunch because I need to prep her lunch, feed her, make sure that I eat. And so I think like I wish when she were a baby, if I got to work in a remote capacity, I would have been able to balance work and being with her more. I honestly, I think I felt guilty for a while because I sent her off to daycare at four and a half months and it was really hard. And if I got a chance... Now I would actually keep her at home and, you know, be able to do both work and be with her and maybe have a nanny to help out uh, while getting to spend more and more time with her. The last year and a half has been wonderful because I got to spend a lot of time with my child. So uh, it's I wish that as COVID ends and as the pandemic comes to hopefully a conclusion, we can start to evolve some of our old way of doing things and like be open to different mm. way of working. It's nice to hear of a silver lining in such a terrible 18, nearly 20 months actually that we've had. Um, that is nice to hear that kind of silver lining. And I also love that you have that apt, optimistic look like that it's been such a precious time for you with your daughter because I think a lot of people have struggled quite rightly. And I think you just listening to the way you work and you operate, you've epitomized having that great structure at home with your daughter, like from day one of us working together, which is before you even had a nanny, like there is this mm -hmm. clear structure. I mean, she comes and she says hi on the calls, which is great, but it's, you know, there is a structure you've made at work. And I think more of us need to recognize that we can do that and, you know, get the support systems in place to make that happen. So I, I just love that you're doing that. Okay, so let's move on a little bit. What are some of the mindset challenges uh, or general challenges, actually, that women leaders face as mothers and executives, do you think? I think one of the biggest challenges, I believe, is imposter syndrome, I think. And it's really two sides of a coin. On one side, there are women leaders who face huge amounts of imposter syndrome that really create so much anxiety over that feeling. And I think it's because of the world around us where even when women are really good at their jobs, 
they they get recognized we always question like is this the right thing am i like meeting my own standards and that ends up creating this imposter syndrome unfortunately and the other side of the coin it's the opposite women leaders want to be superhuman who want to do it all with perfection and we talked about perfection a little bit we don't even realize that it creates such a big barrier to growth because we stop ourselves from putting our ideas into motion or speaking up our mind to react in the moment in order to hold out for something that's perfect that's something more mm. polished and thanks to your coaching tony it's been something i have been over, over, been able to overcome for myself because i would actually wait out to say something because i wanted to come across more polished and like more thoughtful and not just give my raw thoughts and i think perfection is overrated and allowing myself to experiment at times and even failing at it has taught me more valuable lessons sooner so i think those are the couple of challenges that i see women leaders face i love the fact you just said that perfectionism is overrated i feel like that's a mantra i'm actually writing it down <laughs> i'm like that needs to be a mantra that everybody has perfectionism is overrated um i also just want to pull out your comment there about being coached through like allowing those raw thoughts because here's the thing I also coach people on how to think on their feet how to um, be a better communicator in general where they do have those raw thoughts that do come out here's the deal though that I see as your coach your raw thoughts are extraordinary they really are and I think what is going on there is your perfectionism and I say this to everybody listening to this, if you are one of those people that holds yourself back and says, I can't possibly because I need to make sure I'm clear, I'm more articulate, I have all my bullet points ready to back up and you're sitting there going, this isn't perfect enough yet, your raw thoughts are probably pretty damn good because I can tell you firsthand, Sushma's raw thoughts are pretty damn good. And I think, you know, if that's who you are, your perfectionism is definitely getting you in your way. And perfectionism is overrated I just wanted to say that uh because you are you're extraordinary Sushma you really are thank you for that word of confidence <laughs> okay at the end of every episode I like to dig into a leadership mindset moment so just to give listeners a little bit of backstory here this is a simple mindset tip to help them adjust how they act or think on the topic of today's podcast so Sushma, I'd love for you to offer one highly actionable mindset shift that listeners can make to help them balance motherhood with their passion for their career. I think the biggest mindset tip I have is to transform your guilt into gratification. It's natural as humans, as moms, as executives to feel guilty about things we are not doing uh, that is not satisfying. Instead, I would say, let us transform that thinking and focus on what we want to achieve that will satisfy us and achieve it and celebrate those moments when it happens with your family, with your coworkers. This way we remember these moments and have them take the place of guilt. Mm, I love it. I love it because guilt is such a big deal. It's such a big part of how we operate a lot of the time. So yeah, transform that into gratitude. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, actually, I'm going to throw you one that I hadn't told you I was going to ask you. What What would you say it's like to work with me as a coach? I think um, it's wonderful. And the reason it's wonderful is like it you bring out the things in me that I haven't even thought. 
like I knew it was somewhere buried in my mind, but it comes out and I'm like, yeah, it, it was there. And like you pulled it out of me. So it's it's always uh, good to like have that sounding board that have that person who can like bring out the better version of yourself. Like every time we have a conversation. Oh, I love to hear that. That's that's wonderful. I could. Yeah, all of us are extraordinary. We just need that little that little device, whether it's a coach or something else, to allow that extraordinary to come out and blossom. I love it. How can people connect with you? I think the best way is to connect with me on LinkedIn or follow me on Twitter. And I think you're also in the Leading Women in Tech Slack community, are you not? I think I am. Yes, that's a great place to instantly connect with me as well. Yeah, perfect. I will make sure the link to the Slack community is in the show notes. You are welcome to join ladies. There are many, many inspirational women alongside Sushmar in there. So come and join in the fun. Have you any final thoughts you would like to share with us today? Yes, I think one last final thought is you can be a mom and an executive if that is your desire. Try to find help where possible and make time for your family at work and make time for your career at home. Being a mom makes me a better executive every day and being an executive makes me a better mom every day. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Sushma. This has been so wonderful to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. It's been a great conversation. Oh, it was so good to have Sushma on the show. I've been wanting to get her on the show for a while. So it seems like a long time coming to finally make that happen. And I think her comment of perfectionism being overrated is going to become one of my favorite terms. Here's something else I'm just going to share with you as we head into the middle of December. I want you to dream of how extraordinary you're going to be in 2022. I want you to daydream, think big, think scary big, think, holy heck, if I did that, that would be amazing. And I want you to turn around and tell yourself, watch me. That's a phrase I have been using for the last few weeks. I've been saying to myself, watch me. (laughs) I am sure I picked this up from somebody. I couldn't tell you who. I'm a little bit of a sponge for things like that, but watch me. So my love, if you're listening to this show and you are feeling inspired, think big and then tell yourself, watch me and see where it takes you next year. I cannot wait for next year to get going, actually. Like, I know some people are a bit scared. 2021 is coming to an end. 2022 is just around a corner. It is a bit like, oh my gosh, where did 2021 go? But I am so excited about what's coming, and I hope you are. So I hope you're thinking big, and I hope you're saying, oh, watch me. Until next time, remember, stay on your tech game. Follow your dreams, because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, check out how to get more of my help and some free resources. It's where I take what I talk about in this podcast and really help you apply it. Hop on over to tonycollis.com and check out Work With Tony and free resources in the menu bar. Until next time, this was Tony Collis on the Leading Women in Tech podcast.